Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Thank you for joining us on the Medical Mutual Cavaliers Audioverse. Here are your hosts, Tim Alcorn and Jim Jones. From the Cavaliers production studios at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in downtown Cleveland. Hi again, everybody, and welcome back. Another edition of Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Great to have you with us on this Monday night. Cavaliers three games in, opened up the year with a win over Brooklyn and then two tough home losses over the weekend to OKC and Indiana and a busy week ahead. Back-to-back with the Knicks Tuesday night here, Wednesday night there, and then we'll go from New York to Indiana Friday night, the first in-season tournament game as the Cavs and the Pacers will play in an in-season tournament contest. Jim, we've got a fun show upcoming. I know you're really excited about this Max Struess-Evan-Mobley combination that seems to be developing. And then later in the show, we'll be joined by the terrific Chris Fedor. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I always like to pick Chris's head and just to see where he's at as far as what we're doing as a Cavalier team. But I'm really excited about Mobley and Struess, but especially Mobley, because by picking up the pace... We're able to see what he can do. And let me tell you something about pace. You know, a lot of times, boy, you got to get in the pace of the game. That's not necessarily true. You can create the pace of the game that best suits your style of play. What we're seeing is Mobley taking that next step because he's playing faster and he's playing more 90 by 50 rather than playing a lot of half-court basketball. Great stuff from Jim. So we'll take a quick time out when we come back. Jim and I will delve into this Max Struess-Evan Mobley combo. Stay with us. Cavs HQ, presented by Betway, continues after this on the Medical Mutual Cavaliers Audioverse. Struess left of the lane, bounced to Mobley, up, good off the glass. That's the combination, Tim. Mobley comes around a Struess screen and pummeled it home. Here comes Struess to the forecourt, hands off Mobley. Pow! With the left hand! A southpaw smash by Evan Mobley. My goodness, 109-107. You think he found someone to play with? I mean, they're two intelligent basketball players uh, who understand the game at a high level. Uh, they know how to break down defenses, uh, and they know how to make the right read. And you know, again, the more and more they play together, uh, the better it's just going to continue to get. But they're such a threat, right? Like Max is such a threat coming off the shoot. Uh, and I think one of the things that you know people have uh, underestimated is his playmaking ability. Like he has the ability to throw those lobs or make the little pocket pass, um, you know, depending on what the big guy does defensively. So uh, I think the two of them together, uh, they're going to be hard to guard. Welcome back, Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. A little highlight montage there of that Struess Mobley combo, and then JB's thoughts on how they're coming together and. Jim Jones, uh, you've been talking about that the past couple of broadcasts, that these two, and it's still early, but they really seem to be developing some chemistry. Yeah, and that chemistry is based on reading the defense and making the proper decisions. But it also has to do with your skill set. Each player has to understand what the other can do and can't do 
and this is proof of it. What it's done for Mobley is that Struess runs the floor. So if Mobley wants to be in the action and he's looking for Struess to feed him, he has to run the floor. And I've always said this, that if a big runs the floor, you're going to get caught down low with small players and you'll have a matchup advantage. And that's exactly what Mobley's done. He runs the floor, Max runs, he runs. So that gives us a bigger threat in transition and early in the clock. And then that two-man action that they work with, either one guy handing off to the other or the, the little pocket pass, all of that's working. And teams are scouting that. And now they said, oh, my goodness, we know that Levert can play with any of the starting five, especially the backcourt. Now we got to worry about Struess and Mobley. They seem to have a chemistry. All of that works as far as your offense. And the Cavs are going to need that, especially in the second half of the season. Well, here's Max Struess talking about playing with Evan Mobley. It's getting a lot better. Uh, I think we're getting more comfortable with each other. Um, I think there's so much um, we can do together, putting ourselves in those situations and you know, we've played against two tough bigs that have played well in the, in the drop coverage. So uh, I think it can only get better. Uh, you know, we're watching film together every single day and, and getting with each other and just trying to read each other better. And the other part of that tandem, Evan Mobley, says no doubt uh, he's building some chemistry with Max Struess. Great opportunity for us uh, to keep building that, uh, especially this game. I feel like me, Vert, and Max had to really step up because uh, uh, the loss uh, that we had um, from all the other players. But um, I feel like uh, as a whole, uh, we, we played pretty well, built a lot of chemistry, and uh, we're just going to keep getting better from that. Jim, one of the things that you've alluded to, and obviously uh, we've read about it, is Bam Adebayo's connection with Max Struess down in Miami and, and how they're trying to translate that to Evan now working with Max here in Cleveland. Well, it's old school stuff. You know, anytime that you're a starter, you always gravitate toward the guys that will give you the ball or that you can give the ball to. We have a lot of different combinations on the floor that work for us. And probably the number one guy who's been who's been really good at that has been Levert. He has the ability to play with everybody in that starting lineup. And that's unique because not everybody can play with everybody and make the right decisions with everybody. But now you've got an Evan Mobley, Max Struess threat. And that puts so much pressure on the opposition's defense, especially if that big can run. Because what he's done, Tim, if you've listened and watched the last three games faithful, what you're seeing is, is him cleaning stuff up and putbacks early in the clock because he's running the floor and there's more opportunities to score. And he can use his length and get to the rim and dunk it back in or lay it back up. All of that works for us. You see, a lot of times bigs get into this thing where they're waiting for somebody to give them the balls and they can do their thing. Now, there's another level of basketball called creation and hustle points. And that's what Mobley's doing now. Early in the clock, he's running the floor because he knows that he'll be rewarded by Max if he can get himself down the floor. But if he doesn't, he's been there to get the second shot opportunities and the putbacks. If he can get six to eight points a game just on those transition hustle things, then they don't have to keep looking, at, okay, I got to get Evan the ball because he hadn't had many touches. He has to get to the point where he can create his own touches, and he's doing that right now. Well, they're getting to learn each other and know each other out there on the floor, and Max Drews talks about what he's learned about playing with Mobley. 
I mean, you don't really get to know people when you play against them. And I, I think the the one thing I've noticed about him is his IQ. I think he's just he sees the game so well um, and understands it. Um, he he's a, he's a heck of a pl- uh, passer. And he's just, you know, he's a really smart, high IQ player that, you know, is making me better as well. And Evan echoes that saying, listen, Max Drews and I are really starting to read each other well. Timing and just reading the defense. Um, if the big's over towards Max, hit me. If not, keep going until he rotates over. If not, lay it in. So it's just reading, uh, reading, reacting. Uh, I feel like we put, played uh, pretty good basketball with that. Boy, Jim, if they look this comfortable early on and there's a long season ahead, how good can this duo become? Well, I think that there are a couple of duels that are exceptional. If you look at Jokic and Murray, you can also look at Curry and Draymond. You know, there's situations where those guys become mainstays. Those guys are able to get Murray, Jokic, or Curry six to eight points a game just by the two-man action, reading the defense and making the proper decisions. All of that's basketball. All of that is just another level of playing. The thing that I'm so excited about is that JB's picking up the pace early in the clock, which allow Mobley to be more athletic. He doesn't have to claw it up and down the floor like a Jokic where they wait for him in half-court sets. You know, he can be a threat early in the clock because of his length and his mobility because they're pushing and trying to score early in the clock. Tim, all of that is how you get to where you need to be. But what it's done for Mobley, it's allowed us to see more of what he can do, and he can do a lot more. Like great stuff. Jim Jones talking about that Struess-Mobley combo that seems to be coming together early on for the Cavaliers. Well, speaking of Max Struess, he's been impressive so far through the three games he's been a Cleveland Cav. Jim and I on Media Day had a chance to chat with Max Struess. We'll bring you that conversation after this. Cavs HQ, presented by Betway, follows this time out on the Medical Mutual Cavaliers Audioverse. Out front, Struess, three ball on the way. Max Struess has 18 points on six bombs. And Tim, it was that extra pass. Donovan with the steal, right side Struess, quick three, Max. Got it! Bob right side Struess, three ball is up, he's got another one! And he moves so well without it. J.B. talked about it in training camp. The guy is always in motion, Tim. You're experiencing Cavs HQ on the Medical Mutual Cavaliers Audioverse. Once again, here's Tim Alcorn and Jim Jones. Cavs fans have been experiencing Max Struess in his first three games as a Cavalier, and boy, he has been fun to watch. Back on Media Day, Jim Jones and I had a chance to chat with Max Struess, and Jim Jones got things started with the new Cavalier. Max, I want to thank you for being available. <laughs> Timing is everything. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You know, I know you enjoyed playing uh, Miami Heat because of the culture, and you had to have big ears for Jimmy, but he's a Marquette man, and so am I. But uh, but uh, the point is, is that we're looking for someone to make that short corner three. I think it's that simple, don't mm-hmm. you? At some point, when you have that dominant backcourt. Yeah, all I'm here to do is provide spacing for, for Darius and Donovan to get downhill. So um, create spacing, knock down open threes. Uh, it seems easy. Uh, it's a tough job, as you know. Sweets, knocking down the threes. Yes, but uh, I'm here to do that, and that's my job, and I'm going to do that to the best of my ability. Max, your journey to this point has been amazing. To get to the Cavaliers, undrafted, a couple of teams, 
talk about the work and the effort that you've put in to now get that big contract and get the role with Miami and now the Cavaliers. Yeah, no, it took a lot of, um, you know, getting through adversity, a lot of hard work. Um, but that's nothing new to me. Uh, you know, that's all I've done in my career to get to where I am. Um, going from Division Two to Division One to undrafted to tearing my ACL to um, you know working my way back into the league and then you know finally to where I am now and um, you know that the work's not going to stop. Uh, I got you know I got a great contract. I'm very happy for it. I'm great. I'm grateful to be here in Cleveland. But um, my ability to shoot the ball is because of the work I put in and, and um, the talent that I have in doing that. Um, and that's just who I am and what I'm about. So it's going to keep continuing to do that and, um, you know, hopefully make the team better off for it. Tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, your mother played? My mom played basketball and volleyball at DePaul. Yeah. DePaul? Yeah. So Big are, rivals over are there. You are you from Illinois? Are you from Illinois? I am. Oh, you are? I am. I'm from the south side of Chicago, yeah. Oh, yeah. so you played in open gyms and played that Chicago fast uh -huh. style. You, oh, yeah. You're used to it. <laughs> yep, exactly. Well, after you've had a chance to play with these guys, what do you see for this team in relationship to the Heat team that you let you left? Yeah, you know we got so much talent, uh, so much talent. Um, it's just about what we can do with it. You know, we got a lot of young guys um, who, who've experienced winning, but not at the highest level. And uh, you know, I'm grateful to, you know, have a Eastern Conference championship in my belt. Um, you know, two years in a row making it there, and then last year making it to the finals, but coming up short. So. Any experience, any knowledge that I gained from those, um, you know, opportunities that I had, I'm willing to give back to this team and, and hopefully, you know, help us get there. So, um, you know, we have the talent to do it. It's just about putting the pieces together, and, and we got great guys, uh, really good dudes that, you know, enjoy each other, and, and that's a huge part of it is, is, is liking to play with each other and um, learning to play with each other and then everything else will take care of itself. Max, could you talk about that mentality, that mindset to get to an Eastern Conference Finals, to get to an NBA Finals. So many guys on this team are so young yeah. and haven't been through those wars. What do you hope to impart on them about what it takes to get to that next level? It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. Right. Um, there's no script um, to, to get there. Uh, you know, you just got to learn to deal with adversity in the right ways and, and how you bounce back, um, you know, when you get punched down. So, um, I've learned um, a lot of things th during these past two playoff runs and, um, you know, just the ability to, you know, if you lose a game, take it one game at a time and, and it, you know, it's the first four in every series. So um, just getting there and, and trying to take it one game at a time and, and, and really treating each game like it's a championship is what you have to do. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a tough mentality to have, but as long as you can stay mentally strong through it all, your, your team will, you know, should come out in the end because that's what that's what we did in Miami and uh, you know it was a, it was an unbelievable experience. Let's talk a little bit about the game. JB mentioned something and it was called spacing and opportunity. Are you familiar with that term? Mm -hmm. Does that mean that you shoot early in the clock or you take advantage? What does that mean? Yeah, I mean I think we're gonna play fast um, and, and you know space the floor. We got a lot of guys like I said that are talented and, and can get downhill and, and can shoot. Um, you know, not only can can Donovan and Darius get downhill and get to the rim, but they're also terrific shooters. So um, the ability to have guys like that on the floor to create the spacing um, and then create opportunities for each other, um, I think that's that's the huge thing that JB's been preaching. And, um, you know, we got a guy, got a lot of guys and just the ability to play free, but play f free within reason to get, to get the right shots and take the right shots is something, you know, we'll learn. Max, personnel-wise, what really excites you about this Cavalier team? Our depth, 
Um, I think Kobe did a great job this summer. Um, you know, I say that selfishly and I'm bringing me here, but um, I think brilliant move. <laughs> no question about it. I think the ability to have George Niang, um, you know, another guy that can knock down shots off the bench, um, you know, a guy like Ty Jerome that can, you know, come in and, 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 you know, be a point guard and, and, you know, kind of lead the direction and, um, you know, lead the guys in charge. And I just think it's, it's been a, you know, a, a big off season for us that I think can help us in, in a lot of ways and, and not saying anything about the guys that have been here because they've won at a very high level. Um, but it's just, how can we take that next step? Um, and I think we got the right pieces and the right depth to do it. Um, just all about putting it together and, and, you know, we're going to, we're going to put in the time and effort this season to do that. Great conversation with Max Struess held that on media day. And of course, Max has been terrific through three games with the Cavs. We'll take a timeout. We've got a lot more to come. Cavs HQ presented by Betway continues after this on the Medical Mutual Cavaliers Audioverse. In support of Ohio's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, the Cleveland Cavaliers once again partnered with Cleveland Clinic on Breast Cancer Awareness Night. This past Saturday night during the Pacers game, the Cavs educated fans on how to join in on the fight against breast cancer and support various Northeast Ohio nonprofits that provide support, care, and resources in the community. Additional special moments included honoring two-time fighter Emily Myers as that night's diff maker of the game. Team members and their family and friends joined together to form a human pink ribbon on the court. Cavs in the Community is brought to you by Discount Drug Mart. We'll be back with the second half of Cavs HQ presented by Betway right after this on the Cavaliers Audioverse. Ice bounces at the Mobley, right of the lane. Evan into the lane, put it up, bounced around the rim and in. Was that a turnaround jumper? Sweet! <laughs> Jones hands off Struce. Three ball. He's got another one. Max Struce on fire. Welcome to the Cavaliers, number one. Mitchell out front, unloads a three ball. Bullseye! Bullseye, Donovan Mitchell! Mitchell unloads a bomb and buries it. Cavaliers up, 114-113. And we welcome you back, Cavs HQ. It's presented by Betway, all along the Medical Mutual Cavaliers Audioverse. Tim Elkhorn, Jim Jones, great big thank you to the dynamic duo on the other side of the window, senior producer Kurt McLaughlin, technical director Marty Allen, nice little highlight montage there, and of course that three wall from Donovan Mitchell to close it out, that was the game winner when the Cavaliers opened up the season in Brooklyn. Of course, uh, since then, a couple of tough home losses, uh, Friday night to Oklahoma City and then Saturday night to the Indiana Pacers. And just like Jim and I, a guy that has been there for all three of those games and really watched closely and did great reporting on all three of those, as he always does, Chris Fedor from Cleveland.com stops by to pay us a visit. Chris, as always, great to have you on Cavs HQ. Always a pleasure, my guys. Well, it's a small sample size, and obviously uh, we really haven't had that full roster even go yet. But uh, what have you seen so far, three games, taking that into account, that's caught your attention? I think the thing that stands out to me, guys, and you're right, they've used three different starting lineups in the first three games. So we don't have a full picture of what this is all going to look like. Um, The numbers are obviously skewed by the fact that 
Many important players have been missing, including Jared Allen, who has been shut down since October 7th. But, but I think the thing that stands out to me is that there is a clear commitment from top on down to make this offense more explosive and make this offense something more than what it was last year during the regular season. And, of course, in the seven-game series against the Knicks when the Cavs lost that series, four games to one and led for 49 total minutes because they couldn't consistently score the ball, because they couldn't consistently get quality looks at the offensive end. So it seems to me that the Cavs are making a commitment that if their defense is going to take a slight step back, just a slight step back for positive big gains on the offensive end, that's something that they're willing to do, and we've seen that in the first three games. Last year, the Cavs guys played at the slowest pace in the entire NBA. This year, so far through three games, they're tied for 13. So they're playing faster, they're pushing on misses and makes, Um, They're getting into their offense quicker. They're making um, quicker decisions once they do get into the half court. And I think all of that in the long term is going to benefit them greatly. Yeah, Chris, you're all over it as usual. You know, uh, one time uh, people have been asking me, well, Jones, they're picking up the pace. What does it do to our defense? Well, when you pick up the pace, especially with early opportunities, and then you settle into your half court sets, what happens is that uh, since the game is faster, you, you give the opposition more opportunities to score. And uh, you're all over when you said the defense may give up a few more points. But we're looking past that. I mean, think about it. The teams that we've beaten with that 51-31 record are basically the teams that we're supposed to be. Do you see us getting to the next level? Is there anything that you've seen in training camp that would have you to believe that we can take that next step and start beating some of them upper echelon teams consistently. So that's the thing, guys. I think that's the way that I've put it as well. We know that the Cavs are good. We've seen them. We've seen them go from 44 wins in a play-in tournament appearance to 51 wins and playoffs four seed in the Eastern Conference. Going from good to great is much more difficult in the NBA. It's a lot easier to go from bad to good. You just stockpile a bunch of picks. You hope that those hit. You make some smart moves in free agency and trades. You establish a culture. And then you would think organically, if you do things the right way, you start to rise. But going from good to great and getting into the tier with Boston and Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference, that's a tougher step for the Cavs. I do think, though, that they're better equipped to win a playoff series. And it's hard to project, hey, the Cavs are going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals or the Cavs have a legitimate chance to represent the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals because the playoffs are so much about matchups. We saw that last year against the Knicks. A lot of the strengths of the Knicks were the weaknesses of the Cavs, and that was a Mm. really bad matchup, and that showed itself in those five games. But I think they're better equipped to advance further in the playoffs because of the style that they're playing offensively because of their ability to create easier looks on the offensive end, because of the diversification of their offense. Last year, they were one of the most pick-and-roll heavy teams in the entire NBA, and that was very, very predictable, and they did that for a reason. Donovan and Darius are great pick-and-roll players. Evan Mobley and Jared Allen are great pick-and-roll bigs, and that was their best path to offense. But diversifying that, getting some off-ball movement with Max Struess, running some offense at the elbow in the post, through Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, 
that's going to make it more difficult for defenses to load up on Darius and Donovan the way that the Knicks did. And they have more shooting. They have more spacing. J.B. Bickerstaff has more lineup flexibility and lineup options at his disposal. So I do think they're equipped, based on the personnel changes that they made this offseason, to advance further in the playoffs. But I still believe that Milwaukee and Boston are just on a completely different tier from a talent perspective. A great point. Again, Chris Fedor, our guest from Cleveland.com. Boy, I hope you, like thousands of others, are following Chris on Twitter. He does a magnificent job. Heck, you may recognize his voice. He does a lot of media here in Cleveland, as he should. Covers the Cavs in just an outstanding way. Chris, Jim and I, in the first half of the show, we were talking about uh, the Max Struess-Evan Mobley combo, and and Jim really sees that coming uh, just in three games. I know you've written about it, but uh, from your perspective, dive a little deeper into what you see developing with Max and Evan. Yeah, I mean, a big part of it is they've got to have the confidence in Evan, right, to be a playmaker, to be an initiator, to make the decisions at the elbow, in the post, the way that the Miami Heat have emboldened Bam Adebayo to do that. And that's part of Evan's evolution, I would say. But he's got that playmaking skill set. He's got that passing skill set. And, you know, early on in training camp, Max Struess and Evan Mobley were talking about the possibility of creating a two-man game similar to what Miami has with Struess and Adebayo in the last couple of years. And uh, Max actually had the video department pull some clips of, of him and Bam together so that Evan could watch those. Evan had to be open to it. He was open to it. He was willing to break those down to see where Max likes the ball, the footwork that he needs on those specific sets, the opportunities that it created for Miami's offense in the past. So it is something that I think can help unlock Evan and unlock a bit of the Cavs offense. And it all goes back, guys, to the personnel change. Like, the Cavs didn't have somebody with the skill set of Max Struess last year, so they couldn't run those kinds of things, right? They couldn't run off-ball DHOs similar to what Miami did with Bam and Struess. But because Struess is here, because he has that skill set, and because the Cavs believe that Evan has some of that skill set as well, they are able to run that two-man action. And it was lethal. I mean, the Cavs didn't win the game, obviously, but Max and Evan both played really, really well against the Pacers, and it gave them more of a fighting chance on the offensive end. And I just think it's going to take pressure off of Darius and Donovan so that they don't have to do everything. And I think the defense is going to have its hands full in like a pick-your-poison conundrum um, on a nightly basis because that two-man game can be so effective and it can just be another pathway to the Cavs getting consistent offense away from the pick-and-roll stuff that they run. Great insights. Chris Fedor, our guest on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. We'll sneak in a timeout, but we've got more from Chris, so stay with us. Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Medical Mutual. Cavaliers Audioverse will continue right after this. Got it out front to Levert. Three ball is up. And good! Mobley found the open man, Tim. That open man is hot right now. Levert, now comes one of the circle, one of the lane, drives and scores. How about the start for the young guy from Pickerington? He's unstoppable right now, Tim. Evan fires it to Levert. His hand is sizzling right now. Levert around a Mobley screen, three ball up. Good and a foul! It can't get any better for Karis Levert! 
Well, that was exciting Saturday night. What a first quarter for Karis LeVert when he poured in 22 points in that first period against the Indiana Pacers. That was fun to call. Welcome back. Cavs HQ presented by Betway on the Medical Mutual Cavaliers Audioverse. We're joined by Chris Fedor from Cleveland.com. Yours truly, Tim Elkhorn, along with Jim Jones. Jim, you want to get things rolling here with Chris? Chris, I was just thinking, you know, if you really think about it, how many teams could lose two All-Stars to start the season and a key part of your bench, talking about the young guy Ty Jerome, you lose three of your players, Donovan and then Darius gone, and still win. So when those guys come back, what do we have to look forward to? I know we'll have a bench because they're getting tremendous amount of minutes right now. Talk a little bit about that and your thoughts. Yeah, there's certainly that. And I'm also just really fascinated, guys, to see how the starting lineup is going to function all together. Because, you know, last year the Cavs used a bunch of different options at small forward. It started with Karis LeVert. He won the training camp battle. Then they went to Lamar Stevens after a brutal loss against the Milwaukee Bucks, a game in which they met together as a team and they had like a little soul-searching session and they had a heart-to-heart in that locker room. Then they came back with Lamar Stevens because they needed his toughness, his energy, his vocal leadership on the court. And then eventually Isaac Okoro became the starting small forward. So this is Max's job. He is the starting small forward. He's the guy that the Cavs went out in the offseason and they targeted. They said Max Struess is our number one target in free agency. We believe that he can bring the starting five all together and raise that ceiling in a way that Karis LeVert can't, in a way that Isaac Okoro can, in a way that Lamar Stevens or Jetty Osman can't. So I'm fascinated to see how that's going to function together. And then, yeah, you're right. I mean, the bench should be deeper. The bench should have more playable bodies. JB has to trust Ty Jerome to run that second unit. It remains to be seen if he's going to do that. But at the very least, because of the moves that they made this offseason, guys, I just feel like last year so many of the decisions that J.B. Bickerstaff had to make as a coach were either-or propositions. Either I'm going to go defense-heavy or I'm going to go offense-heavy. And he was giving up one of the other with every decision he made. Lamar Stevens, don't have enough offense. Jetty Osman, don't have enough defense, right? And you Mm. just go down the list. Now I think there are more two-way players on that bench that gives JB better options, more lineup versatility. They can play four shooters or they can play big, right? And I just think that's going to manifest itself as the season goes on. Not something that we've seen yet, but I think as the season goes on, you're going to feel that and you're going to see that. Chris, none of us have a crystal ball, but we still try to look into one once in a while. So as you look (laughs) into it... What happens or what do you foresee happening when Jarrett returns? How will that tweak or alter things on both ends of the floor, really? Well, I think they're going to rise defensively because I think the beauty of what the Cavs do on the defensive end is protect the paint and and the reason why they, they are such a great team when it comes to that and protecting the rim is because they have two elite rim protectors. Like There are a lot of teams around the NBA, guys that have an elite rim protector. But the Cavs have two, two guys in the conversation for defensive player of the year every year, two guys in the conversation for the NBA all-defensive team. And that is what makes them unique. That protects Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, and Max Struess on the perimeter. 
So I think when Jarrett comes back, you're going to see the Cavs get back to something closer to the defense that we saw last year when they had the number one defense in the NBA in the regular season and they had the number one defense in the NBA in the postseason as well. Jarrett is a big piece of that. Jarrett and Evan together, big piece of that. But I think the other thing that you're going to see as the season progresses is you're going to see Jarrett and Evan split up more. I think the Cavs are going to give Evan more opportunities to be a center, Hmm. to expand that part of his game. Now, there are going to be matchups where physically he may be overmatched when playing center. But I think they want to give him that opportunity. And splitting up Jarrett and Evan more throughout the course of a game allows the Cavs to play more spacing, more shooting on the offensive end of the floor. If they feel like they're not giving up um, as much defensively to justify that. But I think the Cavs want to play as many four-shooter lineups as they possibly can this year and make things easier for them on the offensive end. And that means staggering the minutes between Jarrett and Evan and basically having Evan as the de facto center. That's something that I think we're going to see when both those guys are healthy. Well, interesting take. Jim? Chris, are they asking us to be more patient? Because it's not like starting the season when those guys come back, but there is going to be a time where they're going to have to build up a a rotation and a chemistry, right? Oh, sure. Yeah, there's no no doubt about it. I mean, like it it takes time. Um, Stylistically, these guys, they didn't play with a guy like Max Strips last Mm -hmm. year, right? Stylistically, they didn't play with a guy like George Niang last year. So it's going to take time to see how those guys function together um, with the other pieces. Um, It's going to take time for those guys to get comfortable trying to find their particular role, where their shots are going to come from, how many shots they're going to get on a nightly basis, where they need to be on the defensive end of the floor so that they can stay on a string. Just like Darius and Donovan had to go through growing pains together because it was two dominant ball handlers trying to figure it out as they went, and some of them had to play off the ball on certain possessions, and then other times they were on the ball at certain possessions. All of those things the Cavs have to figure out on the fly. And the other thing, guys, is Jamie Bickerstaff has a lot to figure out, Mm -hmm. right? He's got to figure out the most eight reliable guys in his rotation. Can he play 10 on a nightly basis? What if he goes down to 11? What if he has to play big versus small? What if he has to play slow as opposed to fast? What's their pet set in end-of-game situations when they absolutely need to go out and find a bucket? Who can they go to? What can they go to? All of those things are going to be different from last year, you would think, and all of those things, that's part of what the regular season is for, right? You have to find out answers so that you're better equipped when the real test comes in the postseason. But the only way that you find out those answers is you experiment and you try different lineups and different combinations. See what works. See what doesn't work. And that's going to be a big part, I think, of the early portion of the season for J.D. and for the Cavs. Boy, great stuff. Chris, final question before we let you go. Not only do you keep your eye and your ear and your finger on the pulse of the Cavaliers, but uh, you watch the NBA as a whole – and again, small sample size, a few games in, but has anything caught your attention? Well, the thing that has caught my attention is just the impact that it seems like Kristaps Porzingis can have for the Celtics, because that was a big move 
that the Celtics made, right? They were changing their style a little bit. They got rid of heart and soul, Marcus Smart, somebody who was critical to their ascension to one of the best teams in the NBA. And I thought one of the things that the Cavs had on their side is just like the unknown attached to the Celtics. Because the Bucks and the Celtics have been in the conference finals. One of those two teams has been in the Eastern Conference Finals the last seven years, right? But they also made significant shakeups in how they look. Obviously, the Bucks went out and got a star player in Dame. But Boston, that deal for Porzingis was one where you were like, hmm, I don't know how that's going to look. I don't know how that's going to work. They're going to have to go through growing pains. Did they hurt their depth on the interior? Porzingis, it's early, of course. He looks rejuvenated, and he looks like an ideal fit for how the Celtics want to go out and play. And then on top of that, they added Drew Holiday to take the place of Marcus Smart and do some of those dirty things that Marcus does and handle some of those um, tougher defensive assignments out there on the perimeter. So they just look like a step above every other team in the Eastern Conference, except for Milwaukee, of course. That's something that coming into the year, there were some concerns that I had about the Celtics, questions that I had about the Celtics, but it looks like it's going to work out um, maybe even better than a lot of people intended if Porzingis can stay healthy. And, of course, that's a big if because he hasn't shown that throughout it. It's always been a big if with Chris Stops, no doubt. Boy, Chris, great stuff. As always, when you join us on Cavs HQ, we really appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow night at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse for game one of two straight against the Knicks. And, again, uh, hope to have you back real soon. Thanks, Chris. Great Thank stuff. That one should be spicy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally agree. Chris Vidor, our guest here on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Boy, his insights are just always fantastic. Quick timeout. Jim and I will wrap things up on this week's edition of Cavs HQ after this on the Medical Mutual Cavaliers Audioverse. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Great big thank you to Chris Fedor for paying us a visit. Thanks to the dynamic duo on the other side of the window, senior producer Kurt McLaughlin, technical director Marty Allen, Jim Jones. Big thank you to you. Biggest thanks to you, the listeners. Hope you enjoyed it. Jim and I back again tomorrow night. Cavs and Knicks, 7.30 tip, which means 7 o'clock with the Huntington Tip-Off Show on the Medical Mutual Cavaliers Audioverse. So until then, Tim Elkhorn saying thanks for listening, and so long, everybody.